Welcome to the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast with your host, Kelly Sisson, wife, mother, therapist, and hippie at heart who loves Earl Grey iced tea, deep conversations, and encouraging others. If you need a little encouragement today, you are in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited. I have Tina Jacobs on today. Um, I met Tina probably a little over a month and a half ago. Um, she works with me through Abound Counseling and she, I just got done talking with her. And so my mind is reeling with trying to summarize how truly amazing she is and her story is and her willingness to be open and honest with you. Um, and so I hope that this is helpful for you. I hope that it is healing for you. And I hope that it will give you a better understanding if you are going through the journey to know that there's solidarity there, that you're not alone. And if you're not going through the journey, certainly how to be able to be supportive for other men and women who are. It's a great episode and I really hope that you love listening to her. Thank you. All right, Tina, thank you so much for being on the show today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, so you want me to introduce myself. Um, my name is Tina Jacobs, and I am new at the Abound Counseling Program as the coordinator. So I know you because you are one of the therapists with us, which is so lovely um, to be a part of your, your team. So yeah, thanks for asking me to do this. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. So I know when we were discussing the podcast, um, you had started listening and we were just talking about different topics that might be really beneficial. And you mentioned, you know, fertility difficulties and loss. That was a topic that you really wished you would have been able to have when you went through your own um, fertility journey. And so I'm wondering, can you talk us through that process for, you know, what, what was the journey like for you? Um, and then we'll get into it a little bit more. Sure. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, I guess when I was listening to your podcast, I just thought, oh, hey, like when I was going through my experience, I really didn't come across a lot of those podcasts, those more um, audio type things that I was listening to is more so blogs. And I find that there is a disconnect between just reading things versus listening to people have conversations or just listening to someone talk about it. Right. And certainly there's probably stuff out there. I just didn't come across it. And I thought, you know, it might be helpful to share that. And and everyone's story is so different. And so I thought, you know, part of my own journey in processing it, um, which, you know, I have, but this is even more so an opportunity to process it. And so I thought, hey, that'd be really fun to do that. And um, so for me, um, my journey started, um, we, you know, got married and um, about a year later, we kind of knew we wanted to start having kids. And um, for us, we got pregnant right away um, to our surprise and mm-hmm. um, and was very fortunate for that. But shortly after, had had a miscarriage. And I didn't tell anybody um, about it because I thought, oh, we'll just, you know, get pregnant again. No big deal. Like, mm-hmm. it, it is fairly common for people to have miscarriages, but people don't talk about it. So it doesn't feel very common and feels very isolating. And right. Anyway, so I didn't tell anyone, didn't even tell our families, didn't even tell my friends. Um, and then we obviously just didn't get pregnant, didn't get pregnant. And we did that for months and months, just trying naturally, and then ended up going to the doctor and doing that stuff and testing and um, started our fertility journey, which was rounds of um, fertility meds. And then we eventually did four rounds of IUI. Um, and then all of that was unsuccessful. 
and I'm kind of giving you the, the fast version, but we can get into it further sure, too. But, yeah, um, and then all that was unsuccessful financially. We were just kind of burned out emotionally burned out. Um, and so then we kind of stopped and I had heard, I don't remember where, but that, you know, um, going to the chiropractor can help with, with fertility. There was also some other things I knew I wanted to improve on that a chiropractor could help with. So I went there, um, discussed that with them and they were like, yeah, we have people that come here all the time and, you know, end up getting pregnant because we help them with X, Y, Z problem. And that's linked to fertility. And, and so for us within, I think it was like two and a half months of chiropractic work, which I was going quite often, we got pregnant all on our own. And so, um, it was just kind of a crazy journey for me. And, and, um, now we have our little guy, Drew, who is four months old and yeah. Oh, so fun. Well, thank you for, you know, talking us through that process. I love so many things that you said, so I really want to dive into them. Yeah, totally. Um, (laughs) One of the first things I love is that you mentioned that everyone's story is different. Yes. Because I think that a lot of times when, um, we're only looking at one story that can be dangerous for other people because if we don't Mm -hmm. have the same outcome or um, their situation is just a little bit different, that comparison can be really difficult. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that portion of things. So can I ask, like, did, did you and your husband talk about like wanting to have kids before marriage or is this something that, you know, I know you said about a year into it, you talked about it more, but have you always wanted to be a mom? Oh yeah. So, I mean, I've known that and all my, you know, family and friends have known that like I was just kind of the mother of, of the group and just um, also like always had that kind of instinct from a very young age. And so of course, in my mind, I'm like, of course this would happen to me. Uh, but although, like I said, it, it happens to so many people. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, I always knew I wanted to have kids, you know, shortly after my husband met me, he knew that and mm-hmm. he always did too. And so it was more so just timing um, for us. We did the kind of standard, you graduate from high school, you go to college, you get married, you know, kind of that, that line of things that people are quote unquote supposed to do. And so for us, it was like the next step and we were ready for it. And, um, and then when it just, you know, didn't happen for us right away, it was just really, really hard to deal with. So yeah, we always knew. Um, and again, I'd kind of like to go back and, and preface this conversation too with, yes, every story is very, very different and unique to the people who experience it. And it's not just the woman, it's the man as well, or even the partner, you know, people go through this. um, And it's not always healing for everybody to share their story. And that is totally fine. And the whole comparison, like you mentioned, is a very dangerous thing. And and we'll probably get more into that today too. But like I said, each journey is just very beautiful and heartbreaking in its own way. It's not a competition. Your story is just as powerful as the person next to you. And um, I say that because in my own experience, there was a few occasions that I was told that, oh, 18 months of infertility, that's not long at all. Like I know someone who had five years and, and oh, there's goodness. just very, yeah, there's just some very, very um, dangerous things that can happen within your own mind when you come across some of those those perspectives. Right. So. Yeah. That's very dismissive too, just to be like, yeah. oh, it's no big deal. It hasn't been that long when really that's extremely impactful in your life and mm-hmm, hard mm-hmm. to go through for sure. And I'm so glad that you mentioned too that, you know, it's not just the woman's journey either. It, you know, it's the partners, the husbands, I mean, even, you know, parents um, watching mm-hmm. and, and witnessing their, their own children, trying to have children and, and struggling with it. I mean, it's hard for a lot of people involved. Um, mm-hmm. So I love that you mentioned that as well, because I'm sure in a way, each each person that has been impacted um, probably has their own portion of their story as well. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. Bless my husband's heart. Um, he had, was just a rock through it all. And, you know, yeah, there was difficult times, but it really did make us closer. I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, but, um, you know, we were newly married and, and young within our relationship as, as a marriage, but it really set the foundation, I think, for kind of a lifetime. I mean, you go through that with someone and, um, yeah, it's almost indescribable in terms of how it does bring you closer and um, tests you in a lot of ways, for sure. Yes, yes. You know, I often um, have had people say to me just different things, not necessarily about this, but things that my husband and I may go through. Well, if you can get through this, you can get through anything, so you're good. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. um, on a much, much, much lighter note, we had actually done a road trip when we were pretty early on in our relationship. And we were going to be together for like a week and a half, two weeks almost. And everyone was like, if yeah. you can stand each other at this point, like your relationship is golden, like you'll be mm-hmm. good. And that's fair. Yeah. And I think although, um, you know, that again, that's a really light, light circumstance. I do think that when you go through really hard things together, it is kind of that make it or break it moment, you know, either mm-hmm. you're able to really rally around each other and pull together. Not that every moment is like that by any means, right, uh, right. but just overall. So I'm wondering if you, you know, if we can back up a little bit, because I'm not super familiar, and there's probably people that are listening as well. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about the difference between um, IUI and IVF. Oh, sure. Um, so I'll just put it kind of a little um, IUI is where they take the um, sample from the husband or the male, mm-hmm. and then they um, insert that into the female. And so we just did that um, because it's kind of, I think you can decide what you want to do. Like you can jump to IVF, I think, like if you really wanted to, but it's really expensive. And so, um, so for IUI, it was, well, first we started with just, um, fertility medication to help like that and different levels within my body. That was kind of the first step. And then when that didn't work, the second step was IUI, um, and then the next step after that would really, I mean, there's probably other steps for people depending on their circumstances. Sure. Um, but for us, IVF, IVF is um, where you take both samples from both um, partners and then insert that into either a surrogate or or the mother the, um, herself. And so, yeah, that we, I think we would have done that step, but we had recognized we needed a break and financially everything that we did was out of pocket anyway. Right. Um, and so we never got to that point and, um, and it's not guaranteed. Like right. obviously for us, we were, we were um, diagnosed as, as um, unknown infertility. They didn't know why everything oh, okay. seemed fine and kosher from both ends. Um, and so it was just completely unexplained, which was a whole nother dynamic um, in terms of trying to accept something and, deal with it or find a solution and um and so yeah so that's kind of the difference um yeah do you feel comfortable talking us through that that process of not really knowing why and trying to accept the unknown Mm -hmm. what was that like for you yeah so um it's kind of a loaded question too because with my experience we had started at one doctor um um, or one hospital location. And again, we were very new to all of this. So of course you go into the black hole of the internet and you try to teach yourself of all of these things. And, and there's a, an element of wanting to trust your doctor and what they tell you and suggest you. And, and so we were on the path with the one doctor and, um, I can't remember exactly what happened, but there was just kind of some bedside manner things I didn't agree with. And also, um, 
it just wasn't working. Not that that was their fault. I think I was maybe transferring that anger onto the physician, but uh, we did end up switching doctors and that was a little bit more of a better experience. But um, what we did was we started with the, um, the medication and then did the IUI. And for us, it was, I mean, we were so desperate, like not knowing like if you should listen to your doctor or if you should ask questions that you find on the internet. And we tried to do both, but it was really kind of difficult in terms of just understanding why, like we, we, I think as humans just want to know why for everything. I mean, little kids, that's what they ask all the time. Right. You're right. Um, And so I think it's such an innate thing, part of, uh, um, part of us, but they couldn't tell us why. And so for us trying to problem solve something that we didn't know what was the problem, was really hard um and so it was just kind of everything felt like a shot in the dark and felt like we were just throwing mud at the wall and just trying to see what's you know what stick and um it also was hard for me to digest what was going on and I don't know other people who had reasons for infertility would maybe answer this differently like I said everyone's story is very different and so this is just my experience but I remember feeling like if only I knew what was wrong I could just accept it and move on Or like, yeah, I just, I kept having that theme pop back in my head of like, I just want to know what's wrong so I can, you know, if I, if I can't have kids, fine. Like, I just want to know that so I can be done and and can move on with it. Excuse me. And we just never got that. Um, And so that was really, I think, difficult for us. Absolutely. That makes so much sense. It would be, like you say, just kind of like walking in the dark, hoping something might work, not really understanding, you know, what's going on. And um, I think as a whole, we're often taught just to trust our doctors and go with it. Mm -hmm. But there's Mm -hmm. so much information out there. It's impossible for one doctor to know every possible thing ever that could could be beneficial. Um, Right. And so I think that it's great to be able to seek other sources. But I also um, can imagine that Google. I mean, it's scary. Like, even if you just like, I have a sore throat, oh. what could this be? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's, yeah. I mean, it's like you're dying tomorrow and you're like, oh, yeah. how did I yeah. get down this hole? And so um, that makes a lot of sense that that would be, you know, trying to balance that. And well, and not to complicate the conversation further, but I do have to just say this because it was part of my journey. Um, the whole why, like answering that question for mm-hmm. us, I, I, there's two sides of my brain. Um, one was kind of the scientific part and the other was like the religious part and so within our marriage too it was kind of like you know is the timing not right for us what what is part of our our faith plan that this isn't happening for us right now we had to kind of ask ourselves this question because that is part of our lives and part of our marriage and so um a couple things in hindsight now um because it did work out we do have a little one um was we thought, okay, maybe maybe we wouldn't have become foster parents, which was also part of our journey. We, um, I should back up, I guess. Um, so because it wasn't working and we were, we had kind of given up and, um, like I said, 18 months of, of infertility, I knew that I wanted to be a mom. And so I couldn't just sit and wait. I couldn't wait on God. I couldn't wait on science. I just it was hard. I had to be doing something that was active towards becoming a mom. And, and for me, my whole life, sure, I wanted to actually have a child, but I also envisioned adopting too. And so we made steps to become foster parents because it was something that we could actively do and be in control of to become parents. And so um, we did that. And so in hindsight, like I said, 
the whole why is, well, perhaps we as a couple wouldn't have become fast foster parents as quickly as, as we did if we didn't have difficulties. And because we did that, we've already been able to help two babies and, Aww. and, you know, hopefully in the future more and, and maybe eventually adopt a child um, through fostering or whatever. So, you know, maybe part of it's that, you know, and, and sometimes I can accept that and feel okay with that, that we went through that because of, of maybe that was our plan. Um, but again, not everyone has that, that strong of a faith brain in it. And that's okay too. Like, I think we grasp onto different things in what we need in that moment. And I definitely would go back and forth within my journey. Um, so yeah, I just had to kind of mention that. No, I I love that you mentioned that. Thank you so much. And and I'm wondering if we could talk a little bit about, although now you have Drew, who is so cute, by the way, (laughs) he is so precious. Um, but you know, even though he is here now, are there still times that you think back to that and kind of struggle with, you know, still that why? Like, why did this happen? Why did we have to go through this? Or oh, do you feel for like sure. Okay. Can you talk a little no, bit about that? Yeah. And, and it's funny because um, I, when thinking about this podcast, I was like, oh, like, how do I condense my journey in talking with you, you know, in an hour and, and try to keep it somewhat in a, an orderly fashion sure um so but naturally we jump around so totally leave me wherever you want but yeah, yeah. um so yeah I, I i'm glad you asked that because I, I think it's very important for those who are maybe listening to this podcast for themselves in their own journey or maybe trying to help someone who's going through it and they don't know how to help um for us i think people and, and i i for myself didn't realize this either um it is it's still hard even though i have drew that journey is still very much a part of me and will always be a part of me. So even though, you know, thank God I was able to have a child in um, a biological way, um, it it does not lessen the hurt that we went through. Um, and I still think about it because I would like to have more kids. So I still think about, you know, should I go back on birth control? Should I not? What if it messes things up? Should we try to have a kid right now, right away? Because maybe it'll be another couple of years before we can. And, and like, sure. I think of that stuff all the time and it, it doesn't go away. It's still very hard. I still have feelings of resentment sometimes um, of a higher power or, or sometimes I, I get frustrated at people I see, whether it's social media or um, in my work that have kids and I'm like, oh, they shouldn't have kids. You know, like you have all of these thoughts. Um, which are all very normal in terms of someone who goes through this, but yeah, it it doesn't, doesn't stop after you have the baby. And I think people do forget to think about that. Um, But that's because they haven't been through it or they haven't had someone close that has went through it because I wouldn't have really realized that those feelings linger like they do. Right. No, I'm so glad that you brought that up. You know, I think even just in general, a lot of times we think, well, when I just get this, so when I just get my new house or when I just lose weight or when I just get a new car, then everything's going to be fine. And then we reach that point and we realize, no, everything's not fine. (laughs) There's still some things that we need to work through. And just getting to the point that we wanted to get to, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to solve everything that we're going through. So I'm Mm -hmm. so glad that you brought that up. And that theme is true in a lot of different areas of people's life. Like you said, like, especially this time of year, New Year's resolutions, right? Like, well, if I could just save up enough money to do this or, you know, and, and I think it's just as humans, we, we always want a goal and, and trying to reach things, which is good. And I think we just have to take a step back sometimes. And, and our journey really made us do that. Um, 
learn a lot of patience in that regard. <laughs> Absolutely. That makes so much sense. Would you mind if we go back and talk a little bit about um, the injections that you were taking? I know that I have acquaintance from home and, and she went through that process and she was so bravely open and honest about that. Um, and a lot, there were a lot of side effects for her. And so I'm wondering, mm -hmm. did you have a lot of side effects as well? Yeah, actually, um, no, we, we didn't. Um, I think my my journey was pretty mild in terms of others that are out there. And again, um, anyone who's listening, like don't don't compare yourself and feel like don't don't uh, put yourself on any type of scale in in, in relation to my story because every story is just so different. And and um, and so for us, you know, luckily I didn't have a lot of side effects even with the medication. Um, you know, there's just some more womanly things that happen or like your cycle or, sure. um, but I didn't have a lot of like cramping or, um, I don't even know, like, to be honest, I can't remember what the side effects were even that they mentioned sure. just cause I didn't, I didn't have them, but, right. um, I think more of the emotional thing it was for, for me. Sure. Um, but okay. yeah, like the injections that we did in preparation for, a cycle, um, those were fine. I mean, there were needles that you put in your stomach and, and that was um, just more of like sight pain. It wasn't sure. anything. Um, I mean, I got some hot flashes here and there, but uh, it was pretty mild for us. Even like the oral medication that I was taking um, was all right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of, uh, there's so many different interventions out there in terms of someone's medical fertility journey that, um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of crazy. I will say though that the emotional aspect of it for us, the side effect was desperation oh, and kind of wanting to just say yes to everything and mm -hmm. not care about the money or not, not care about what it would take or whatever. And at one point, and again, I thank God this didn't work out, but at one point we had tried with four eggs. Like I, um, uh, one of the side effects too, is just like the exhaustion from the, the doctor's appointments and having to do sure. like internal ultrasounds. And just having to be in that vulnerable position all the time and with or without your husband and or your partner. And um, he did come to most of my appointments with me, but a couple of times like work just needed to be at work. Right. And so um, the, yeah, the emotional piece, we, the doctor had said, I think this is our last round that we had tried with four eggs and um, you, they give you the medication. I can't remember again the names of this, but okay. give you the medication to mature your eggs and to have them release. And at one point, there was four then. And all of our three other rounds before that of IUI had failed and the medication rounds before that had failed. And so this is, we're like, okay, let's do it. Let's let's do a cycle um, and let's have, you know, introduce his sperm to these four eggs and see what sticks. And they did tell us, like, you know, it is possible that you could have four babies or, you know, the rarest thing in the world could happen where they would split and you could have six or whatever. And so, and we did. And so now I'm thinking in hindsight, like as much work as Drew is and as much as I love <laughs> it, like that would be insane. And I'm so glad that that didn't work. Right. Um, but you get in that position of desperation and you're just like, yes, like, um, I mean, that's how people get, you know, six babies, five babies, four babies. Right, like, right. um, yeah, it just so. stunned me with that one. Like, stunned me to silence. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like, how would anybody? <laughs> well, how, I know I mean, people I do, but to... like, oh yeah, my goodness. Yeah. So, I mean, in hindsight, I'm like, thank God. But in the moment, like, sure, we we thought it was kind of crazy, and but we we also didn't even think it would work. Right? There was this oh, this sure. form of 
of like, oh, it's not going to work anyway. Let's just do it, you know, like last chance. But yeah. yeah. Well, I love that you brought the desperation, you know, factor up because I think that happens to us in life throughout different situations. We become so desperate and it's almost like we start grasping at straws and um, maybe make decisions that we, we want it otherwise. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how how was that for you when you found out that, you know, the four eggs, that, that didn't work? How was that for you? So each... Um... Each cycle was so timed because they would have you test on an, a certain day. And so, like, everything's so methodical. And it that is kind of hard to even, you know, in having this conversation, I think we can have the conversation without really talking about, like, the sex aspect of it, too. Right. So, the, and so, like, talking about, like, everything being methodical, it's like the timing of everything. You have to have sex on this day or you have to. You know, and that was when we were just doing medication fertility right. stuff. With the IUI, it was a planned appointment. So I'll get to that in a second. But I'd like to back up to like the whole sex piece of it because um, there's also people who would say out there like, "Oh, huh, well, I guess you just get to have sex whenever you want or all the time." And the thing is, is like when you're pressured to do it, it's not fun. It's really right. difficult sometimes. And I, I, in hindsight, like thank God we didn't have any terrible experiences with it. Like, of course he and I both agree. Like there's some times where we just had to get it over with. And it was like a mutual thing that we verbalized out loud of like, okay, let's just hurry up and get this done. Like, I don't care how quick you go. I don't like right. just go for it. And thankfully, you know, Andy and I had that kind of mutual outwardly verbal conversation about it. Whereas there are people that don't like there aren't, there are people that don't, have that level of communication with their partner, which is really hard too, because when you're in that journey and you feel like you're alone, even without your husband or your partner, right. like that's hard too. And so um, the, the timing of everything was hard because it was like, we'd have to plan it around weddings or family functions or work or, you know, things like that. And that was really difficult. Um, and so then with the IUI getting to that, aspect of it it was like timing um around doctor's appointments and one thing that I didn't realize until I went through it was that with IUI you take the medication um they test to see how ripe it is and the right time to do it and you set an appointment well the male has to provide a sample that is supposed to be handed in x amount of time or hours I can't remember now like an hour or two before your actual appointment So, and I can imagine for any guy, this would be very hard to provide a sample, right? You know, it's like a cup and it's just, you know, that whole. It's a lot of pressure, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, you can do it at the facility. Um, He chose to just do it at home. Sure. And you, you have to keep it warm. So like you have to keep it and they suggest inside your coat pocket before you go in and hand it in and the brown, you know, like that's kind of awkward for them. And. Um, but I remember as the partner, as the, the woman on the side of it, I remember being very conscious about not putting too much pressure on him because sure. the doctors at one point had told us that like there were, there were people they served that the man couldn't produce a sample for whatever reason. And therefore they had to forego that entire cycle. Now imagine that you, you missed out right. on an entire month. And then you think of the the emotions attached to that and the resentment towards your spouse and and all the complications that go with that. And so thankfully I had 
had that conversation or we both had with our doctor before coming across that because that would have been really terrible for me to put even more pressure on my husband um, to say don't screw it up and don't you know make sure you don't contaminate it and yada 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 and and they put all these rules around it in something that's supposed to be such a natural thing and and so I think with that again it's just one of those aspects that people don't realize fertility is not just you have sex and figure it out and right right and plan it out like it's so much more than that and yeah um yeah. I'm, I'm so glad. Thank you so much for bringing that up and being willing to have, you know, an honest conversation about that because, you know, quite honestly, having not been through this, I wouldn't have thought about all of those really particular. Me either. I, yeah. Yeah. Really intense scheduling of everything. I mean, it makes, it makes sense, you know, that that is how it would need to be, but that pressure mm-hmm. that you would feel and being mm-hmm. able to, like you said, be open and honest with your husband and you know, and have those conversations about sex and just, you know, this is what we need to do in this moment. But some people just maybe don't have that ability or mm-hmm. um, de- depending on what traumas maybe they've been through in life, I can see how right. feeling forced yep. into having sex or forced into, I mean, really any part of it would, would feel really uncomfortable in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. And so I'm glad yeah, that you bring that sure. up. So if someone goes through that, they know that they're not alone. You know, a lot of times I do think that we focus more, you know, on um, the woman in the situation, Mm -hmm. Um, but for, you know, especially the husband, um, significant other, whoever it may be, I mean, that, that is quite a bit of pressure Mm -hmm. and that's really vulnerable. I'm sure in a lot of ways for them as well. Yeah. And I think we've reflected on it multiple times and like, I think, well, in general, we've both been very open with each other, just even previous to this experience. And so, like, emotionally, and, and he's a pretty emotional guy, or meets me where I'm at sometimes, because I can be overly emotional um, sure. at times. <laughs> but, like, he meets me where I'm at fairly well. and Or at least he can say, how can I help you? Or, or I can verbalize that I need help in some kind of way. And so I think that foundation was really important to us. And not for better or worse, others just aren't maybe like that as much or some maybe even more and that might be more helpful but um it definitely plays a role into how couples process this and so I think for us it was just really being open with each other of where we we were at with it and um being patient with it and understanding that this was happening to us together and that I wasn't alone as the the female and he wasn't alone as the male and, and also recognizing that our experiences were very different for it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I think biologically and some may disagree, but I guess my opinion is biologically, I had more of the instinct to be a mother, to have that fulfilled within me, to carry a child, you know, all of that stuff. Whereas he, he knew he wanted to be a dad. He's always wanted to be a dad, but I think maybe biologically it wasn't the same for him. And also you have to keep in mind that he was not bombarded with these feelings of infertility every minute of every day. So for me, and again, I I feel like I can't do this, this conversation justice without talking about some of these things is that like every time you go to the bathroom, you look for blood every single time after the miscarriage and um, just the constant anxiety that that provokes within you sometimes I think was hard. Um, Every, Every change I would feel, whether it was like just a digestional thing mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, is that, am I pregnant? Is that, was that, is that what that is? Or even when I, I did become pregnant the second time, which was successful for us, every single feeling I had, it was this worry of, am I going to lose it? Am I, 
you know, do I need to be concerned about that feeling? And for him, he didn't obviously have that because he wasn't experiencing that. Right. Now, I would probably overly share things with him, but um, I just I wanted him to be on the same level as me or at least understand where I was coming from if I was maybe short with him one day because I, you know, maybe hit cramping or, you know, whatever right. it happened right. to be. But, yeah. Well, and I, I love that you were able to really communicate so well with him about mm-hmm. that and that you were willing to be honest. And I'm glad that you're bringing up some things that at times are really hard to talk about, but truly, you know, being able to offer your story and some potential healing for those that are listening. And if, you know, even if they haven't been through something like this, just some more understanding for people mm-hmm. who maybe have been through situations similar. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Do you feel comfortable talking a little bit about the miscarriage? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, again, it was fairly mild for me. I know, there's a lot of people I know now after the fact um, that I kind of shared my story. Like, like I said, I, I didn't, we didn't tell anybody for a long time because I just thought, Oh, it happened again. Like mm-hmm. I knew that miscarriages were more common than people think they are, right. but I just didn't think, A, I didn't think it happened to me. B, I didn't think it happened to me or this fertility thing would happen to me even further. And so, and I wanted there to be an element of surprise when we did tell our family that we're pregnant. Right. So, in doing that, though, I isolated myself further because I, again, I wanted to surprise my parents, my my family. Um, and so when I, when I came out, like I, I kind of announced it on Facebook that we were going through this because I had kind of given up uh-huh. and I was so basically sick of the pressure and, and faking a smile for everyone who said they were pregnant or who were asking me, Oh, you know, can I have a baby anytime soon? Right. That's the next thing on your checklist. And so when I had shared that with everybody, I had so many people reach out to me that either I knew they had gone through something similar or people who I didn't know. And I was so, so grateful for them who reached out, who reached out to me, you know, even though a lot of them didn't say much, it was just the fact that they said, Hey, I hear you. And I'm, I'll be thinking of you or whatever. And um, I'm not one who, who wants or needs a lot of that, but it was so validating after such a long kind of journey with it. Um, And so, yeah, my miscarriage, um, uh, it happened during the week. Uh, I think it was like overnight or in the morning I had to call into work. Um, I was pretty sure that's what it was. Um, I went into the doctor and did the whole levels and stuff. Um, they mm-hmm. test the levels to see where you're at based on where you should be. And that's what it was. Um, luckily for me, I didn't have a lot, like a ton of pain. I would mm-hmm. say it was more, I mean, it's definitely like cramping and um, bleeding, but it wasn't as crazy as I've heard some other people's. Like I didn't sure. feel like I was dying. It was, it was just a really, really intense, um, yeah, like cramping and stuff. Um, some people get that with their, their cycles anyway, but um, nevertheless, it was hard because, um, I think, I don't know why Andy didn't stay home with me that day. I probably told him not to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I just wanted to be in bed by myself and, or with my dog and just kind of sure. experience it and just, yeah, I think I slept most of the day. Um, but yeah, I was able to call into work and just kind of check out, but I went to work the next day, which I, I don't know. I probably shouldn't have. I was just kind of in a zone or just kind of sure. don't know where I was, but Um, it was kind of all done and over with fairly quickly. I had after that initial day, it was just like a normal cycle after that. Uh Um, 
but then again, I think my feelings were right on to, okay, the next time, the next month, like it'll happen. Like, I think I was just so surprised because we, like, this was the first time we had tried and uh-huh. the first time we got pregnant. So I was like, oh, it'll, it'll just happen again. And, and I don't know, it's funny. Like, I don't know much of how I felt then. Like, I, I just know that I was just so ready to just try again. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, for me, like the whole physical piece of it <clears throat> wasn't as hard as it, it could or could have been. Sure. So I was, I was thankful for that. But, um, but it was also kind of a hard time for me because shortly after I, I was also in school online at the time. So I had the kind of the pressures of that and needing to just like tell my professor, Hey, like I am not going to hand this in on time. Like I mm-hmm. just, I physically cannot do it. Um, my grandpa had also died Aww. shortly after so there was a lot of um, feelings of I'll never get to tell him. And so that was really hard for me. Yeah, um, yeah that was hard for me. Absolutely. Just, yeah, plain and simple. Um, and then when it just continued to not happen, excuse me, when it continued to not happen for me, it was, it seemed like there were so many pregnancy announcements around me too, um, that they were becoming more and more difficult to accept because Mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, pregnant. Um, So that's just kind of how the journey continued to go for those, those months that I wasn't. Right. No, thank you so much for talking us through that. You know, I, I think one thing that you hit on to right there at the end is just that a lot of times when you are bombarded, as it seems, you know, at this time in life, it's like people are either getting married, getting divorced, mm-hmm. or, yeah. or um, you know, having babies. And so, I, you know, maybe new pets every now and again, but those are the main yeah. things. And so if you're struggling with, you know, if you're struggling with your own divorce, or if you're struggling with being single, or you're struggling with, you know, wanting to be a parent and having some difficulty with that, and you're seeing that kind of in your face at all times, it feels like mm-hmm. that can mm-hmm. be really overwhelming. You mm-hmm. know, I had a friend in the past, and I really want to be really careful to protect her story. So I'm only going to just say one portion of it. But yep. um, like, even Mother's Day was really was really hard for oh, her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, do you have did you have that same experience? So that was pretty challenging for you? I did. I tried my best not to get carried away with those feelings because it's so easy to do that. Sure. Um, and I certainly did at different points, but yeah, I, I did um, have a difficult time with that. My sister, um, who was a really big support for me throughout all of this because she had friends and, and uh, she had already had a kid too. And mm-hmm. um, although she didn't go through this herself, was just helpful with it. Um, Absolutely. She had actually sent me flowers for Mother's Day, and I I really appreciated that. Just acknowledging that, you know, even though I don't have a child, I'm a mother, and that I will Absolutely. be a mother one day. You know, in whatever way that that's meant for me to be. Um, and I think towards her, I can be motherly sometimes. So maybe it was that. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, that's a or sweet my nephew. Though. Yeah. Yeah, or or my nephew who I who I love as a child anyway, but. Um, yeah, so that was nice. I, I, I appreciated the acknowledgement of that and I hadn't really thought of that. I wasn't expecting it by any means. Right. Um, but it was nice. Yeah, it was nice to experience that. Um, but I will say like, there's, there's a part of it where the feelings of the different, like, I, I, I don't even know the day that I miscarried because I purposely try not to memorize it. Sure. I know it was sometime in June, but I don't remember the day. 
and I, I, yeah, I just, I purposely tried not to because I, I don't want to have that feeling all the time. I mean, I know people do with, with deaths of people and that's totally different. Um, sure. or maybe for some people it's not like, but yeah, I, I just tried not to, to hold on to those things. Cause it was hard enough at different aspects of, of the journey for me. Um, do you think yeah, I'm, in some ways ahead. that helped you not completely disconnect that, but you know what I mean? Like give you a little bit of space to be able to yeah, continue, sure. continue on, but also acknowledge that that happened without becoming absorbed with it maybe. Yeah. And okay. yes, for sure. Like I, again, I don't know why I did these things. I think it was just maybe something I read or who knows, but there was a lot of things that I consciously made the decision to protect myself with. Um, so I unfollowed a ton of people on Facebook, um, even really close friends and family members, because I recognized that it wasn't just enough to tell myself not to go on Facebook, because I think that's such a muscle memory thing. Now you pull up your phone and you pull up social media. Um, so, and I didn't want to be completely disconnected from the joys of the random cat videos that people share or, you know, sure. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's mostly what I use Facebook for anyway. Yeah. But, um, but I, yeah, I had to unfollow people because I just couldn't handle it. Um, and it's such a weird thing. Like I, at times would feel judged by people that, that maybe their perspective was that I wasn't happy for them or that I just like, yeah, that I just wasn't happy for them. And, and to be quite honest, yeah, to be very honest, there were times in my journey where I had awful, awful thoughts towards people. Sure. Um, and, and I'm just going to go say it. Like, I, I wish that people wouldn't get pregnant. I wish they would have miscarriages. And again, it's not, that's a very scary thing for me to say out loud, but sure. I have to be honest for those who are going through this, that if you have those feelings, it's okay. And it's normal. Like right. I, um, I have a one of my sister's friends who reached out to me who I thank her so many times over um, because she, and maybe other people told me this too, but I, I, because she had went through her own experience, um, I just really, really absorbed what she told me. She said that anything, like it, it's okay not to be okay and that every emotion that I experienced throughout this journey at whatever time is completely normal and it's okay. And I should never feel otherwise. And that alone was so freeing for me. Because like I said, I had really awful thoughts that made me feel so shameful for thinking them, right? Like, why would you ever wish that on anybody? And I I don't. But when you're in the middle of that darkness, your brain, your whatever mechanism you try to cope with it, you go through some crazy feelings and thoughts. And um, yeah, I had to protect my my own heart from some of the things I was seeing on social media or just, you know, different people's things that they would share. And, and, um, I, I don't apologize for that because I, you know, for maybe being disconnected, disconnected from people because it was just part of protecting myself, um, from a really difficult situation. So, yes, no, I think, yeah. I think that's great. And I'm going to say this like 20 times as we talk, but I, I think it is so wonderful that you are so willing to be so brave and say those things because those are thoughts that other people have as well. Mm-hmm. And so for somebody just to say solidarity, you know, like oh, I'm there yeah. with you is huge, just like your sister's friend reaching out. I mean, that mm-hmm. can literally change your experience in your life it completely changed it and she did it so early on too um yeah I I really I don't know where I would be without 
that conversation that we had and, mm-hmm. and her freeing me kind of from the chains of my own thoughts sometimes. And, um, yeah, because you can't imagine the things that go through your head when you, when you experience this and yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was really important for me to, to hear that. And also to, to verbalize out loud for people, because I think I never imagined some of the things that, that I would have feelings about. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So how would you say that we could best support somebody in our life who's going through this, whether it's a close friend or just an acquaintance? What you yeah. know, What are some of the ways that you would recommend that we move forward with that? Yeah. So um, again, my perspective is just my perspective. So yep. um, I, I want everyone to just take from it what they need or what they can, um, but also not to have my story be compared to anyone else's because you can't, you can't compare it. Um, the hurt is the hurt, no matter how you look at it. And yeah, yeah, um, I don't know. I think, I think for me, even though I've already went through this in my own journey, I still don't know what to say to people who are going through it. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. You, you can't get caught up on the words that you should or shouldn't say, but I think the most important thing to say is just say something, just say, Hey, or to be honest in saying that you don't know what to say. Right. Like if you're going to reach out to someone, just say, Hey, you know, I don't know what to say to you. I don't know what might be helpful for you in this moment, but I just want you to know that you're on my mind or you're in my prayers or, yep. or whatever kind of phrase you want to use. Um, but just letting people know that, that it's okay. Yep. That, that they, it's okay if they don't attend that family function. That's okay if they don't go to that baby shower. Cause definitely I did those things. I, I didn't go to things. Right. Um, and um, part of it is, I don't know, like allowing that person to share what they want and, um, and maybe not being too nosy, but you know, I don't know, like people will share with, with you what they want. And, um, I think just reaching out and saying, how's it going? And also like, it doesn't have to be, it's kind of like, you know, people that are like going through some other difficult things, like let's just say depression or, um, or whatever, you don't, ha- that's not all that person is, right? Right. A, a person that's going through depression, that's not all that, that encompasses them. Like there's more to them than just that. So you can talk to them about normal things too. Um, and so I would suggest try not to change maybe what your relationship was. Um, but also I think I would have appreciated, or at least I had feelings of kind of hurt that, that certain people, maybe family members will say, didn't just ask how Andy and I were doing as a couple. Like it didn't have to be just about like me or just about the actual process of, Hey, when's your next cycle coming on? Like, can you just ask like how we as a couple are doing? Cause that's really important too. Um, but again, I say that with knowing I'm sure those people who did or didn't reach out, it's because they didn't know how. And, but I know in the moment I was like, why, why haven't they asked how we're doing, you know? And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about certain people, not, not everybody as a whole, but right. um, I'm just, yeah, that was just kind of my experience. But um, something else that you could do would be, um, yeah, I don't know, just, just be present. Um, try not to take things personally. Right. Um, I had a couple experiences with folks um, close to me that I think had a really hard time with me protecting myself in certain ways. Um, so I, I did purposely become a little bit more distant with people or I kind of laid it all out there in protecting my heart and saying kind of what was on my mind and telling them that like, Hey, although you're maybe pregnant or, you know, 
trying to become pregnant, like, I just want you to let, let you know that, like, I, I can't actively be a part of that with you, like yeah. you maybe want me to be or expected me to be. Um, I, I'm not, you know, I won't be able to, to comment on your pictures or maybe, you know, I am unfollowing people or like, I don't know, like I, I did that with some people and it didn't maybe go as I had planned. Um, but nevertheless, like I had to do it to protect my own heart because sure. part of the journey is like, you have to have a place in your mind or your heart to put the comments that you receive and the people that maybe are around you. Um, you have to have a place to put that because it is such a vulnerable situation to be in that you may in the moment not be able to provide the education to that person or to even provide them with maybe your feedback that you might want to eventually provide them with. Right. Um, yeah. So, and, and that's in hindsight for sure. Right. But um, I just remember making a conscious effort to kind of, you know, be aware of my own feelings and cause I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer on people's parties either. Right. Like, sure. Yeah. 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 You know, I think it's it's tough for all parties involved to navigate. Um, I have, again, I, I just want to, I got to be really careful because, again, I want to protect my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a friend who had um, loss of a child around the same time that I had my son. And so mm-hmm. um, our kiddos mm-hmm. would have been the same age. And so one thing that I did, which I don't know if it was right or wrong, um, is that for about the first like year and a half or so of my son's life, like I didn't send pictures, I didn't mm-hmm. post, I didn't really mm-hmm. talk about it. And not that I didn't want them involved in his life, mm-hmm. but I just thought about it from the flip side. If that, again, I have no idea how I would feel, obviously, but if that mm-hmm. would have been me and I would have known, because we kind of lived our pregnancies together, and if I would have mm-hmm. known and been bombarded with things that reminded me of that, that would have been so hard for me. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder in some ways if – if you have a close friend that goes through something, just being, even if you have no clue what it feels like, just trying to take a step back and think, do I want to put my joy in their face, essentially, is kind of how how I looked at it. You know, sometimes I think, too, even if you aren't in that same situation, just to be able to say to someone, like, this really sucks. Like, just call Mm -hmm. it like it is. Like, this sucks. I don't really know how to be there for you, but I want you to know that I am. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. you said, maybe checking in periodically, you know, with them without being, it's it, it's just hard. It's hard to navigate. I mean, yeah, just real so honesty on both sides of things is hard to navigate because you want to be there for your friend, and you want to be supportive, and you want to be as aware as you can be of the situation mm-hmm. without sidestepping. Essentially, <laughs> you know, you don't want to sure. sidestep your friend. Yeah, and I think I think for me, had you done that to me, I think that would have been really appreciated. Mm-hmm because it is, it's part of that. Like, it's not that that person wasn't happy for you. It's that they couldn't experience it fully in the moment because of what they were going through. Right. At least that's how it was for me in just, you know, the fertility journey. I mean, I can't imagine losing a child. It's just, yeah, it's, it's really hard to kind of process in the moment. And then, like you said earlier, it, it depends on what you're bringing to the table too, in terms of your past experiences or trauma or, family issues or maybe your support system like there's so many factors that play a role in how we get through it um and so I yeah I definitely I definitely unfollow people because I also didn't want people to feel like they couldn't post it on Facebook like you know I realize that I am a trigger for people or Mm -hmm. I could be for those who are in the journey themselves who are maybe on my Facebook 
as part of my own journey too, like I, I do post monthly pictures of him. Like, Oh, he's three months. He's four months. Like I do that because, because I always wanted to do that. Like I waited to do that. You know, I think it's part of our social media, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, part of what we do now, right. We share with, with people that stuff, but it's just kind of the joy that I wanted to share with, but I do recognize that that's probably hard for some people to look at. Sure. Um, just like it was hard for me to look at other people's when I was going through it. Um, and yeah, each person just kind of has to do what they need to do. Um, but the one thing I guess that stands out is don't, if you're the person on the other end of that, don't, don't take anything personally or, or have hurt feelings of whatever someone's reaction might be to you because they may not be able to help it. They may act in ways that you would be surprised in. They may act angry. They may act annoyed or distant. It's just the experience that they're going through. And, and sure, we all have choices that we make and we all choose how we respond to things in our lives and our attitude. But there is really a component of that darkness that you're in that you just can't control. And I, that's one thing I would really want to stress is that like, yeah, people might choose the words they say to you or how they respond to you or whatever, but there's really an element of that darkness that, um, that, that is, yeah, that you can't really control how, how you respond. Right. So, no, no, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. So what would you say you personally, um, say to somebody right now that is struggling with loss or, or fertility difficulties, how would you encourage them? Is there anything you'd like to say as we're wrapping this up? Yeah. Um, I would say again, like that gal had told me everything that you're experiencing right now, every emotion, it's okay. Like mm-hmm. it is a part of the human experience in any type of difficult thing in life. Um, Try to find ways to not let the shame build up. Um, there's enough shame that we go through in this experience. Whether it's, you know, I shouldn't have shouldn't have had that coffee this morning. I shouldn't have, you know, smoked. I shouldn't have drank. I shouldn't have, you know, I should I should have exercised more. I should have eaten healthier. Like you could play that game all day long. But let's be honest, there are people who you know, unfortunately they are on drugs and do whatever and they still get pregnant. Like those are real feelings of, of anger that you may have towards those people. So I think, yes, there's an element of, you know, we should all eat right and exercise, right. That's just life in general, but try not to, to add too much shame on your own plate for the things you should or shouldn't do or, or be doing whatever. Um, um, I don't know, find something that can ground you. So for me, it was, kind of digging into my marriage and, and having that be my foundation, um, finding a support system or it it doesn't have to be a group of people. It can just be one person. Mm -hmm. It can be a good, you know, blog post or, um, something online that can kind of inspire you to get up and keep going. Um, but you also have to sit in the feelings too. You, you can't avoid them. If you avoid them, that is a whole nother dynamic that, um, I think, will be difficult to handle. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think just know that that there's an end to your journey, um, whatever that might be and that you'll get through it. Um, and that if you want something, just kind of work towards it and, and find ways to be joyful about it. Um, I don't know if any humor in it, 
I don't know. They're, they're all kind of cliche things, right? Like I think in the moment though, you're not going to know how you're going to respond to someone's advice because there were times that people would tell me, Oh, just pray about it or just relax and it will happen. And maybe now someone even saying like, Oh, everything happens for a reason. Now maybe that makes me feel okay. But in the moment, I think some of those responses to me were kind of irritating. Right. And so, yeah, you just, you just got to do what you need to do for yourself. Not what anyone tells you to do. Not what any other person on some blog post read that worked for them. It may not work for you. You just have to find what helps you. Right. Right. Absolutely. I love that. So there are a few questions I ask everyone that comes on the show. So can I go ahead and ask you those? Oh, yeah. Go for All it. All right. Um, so are you familiar with Brene Brown? I am. Okay. Yep. I, well, I've listened to your podcast. Okay. Your, yeah. I talk about her like so. all the time. <laughs> yeah. No, she's so great. I was talking um, with a colleague and a friend the other day and we're like, can we just go to lunch with her? Like, will she go to lunch with us? So if Brene Brown ever listens to this episode, like call me. I'm <laughs> <lunch." laughs> just kidding. <laughs> kind of. But anyway, so she has um, a book where she talks about braving the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And so in the concept, you're stepping out into the wilderness alone. And as you work through that, you know, you do find others in there. But essentially, that first step feels really isolating. And so mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you can share a time, you know, it can be about the situation or maybe another time in life as well that you really felt like you stepped out into the wilderness. Um, I would say, yeah, well, it was definitely this journey because this is kind of the most significant thing that has happened in my life. Um, it was when I had shared with a friend what was really on my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, with my journey, um, she had also been trying to conceive and then, um, was pregnant and that was a really hard one for me. I think I didn't realize, but for everybody, there's going to be those one or two or a few people where their announcement is the most hard to digest. And for me, this particular person, it was, it was her. And, you know, now I, now and then I had really bad feelings about like, feeling badly about that it's not that I wasn't happy for her it was just in my darkness I couldn't experience that joy with her in a way that she or I would have wanted me to and so there's a lot of things kind of that happen with that 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 I feel sad about um but it was very at the time I thought I was protecting my heart and, and I was I definitely wouldn't do anything differently but I felt very isolated because I feel as though she didn't understand and again it's nothing she did right or wrong it's just she couldn't understand because she wasn't in my shoes. And I thought I had explained my situation well. Um, but again, her perspective maybe was just different than I wished it would have been. Sure. Sure. No, that makes so much sense. And so, yeah, that was the isolating piece for me is just wanting someone to understand everything I was going through, but understanding that they really couldn't because they weren't in my shoes. Right. Right. Well, that's really insightful for you to be able to take that step back and see that, even though it's still, you know, can be hurtful and hard for you, but to be able to see that truly no one can understand exactly how we feel, even mm-hmm. if sometimes we wish they would, you know. I know. So yeah. That's definitely tough. So who would you say through this, you know, through this process, or it can be throughout your whole life, are some of your biggest encouragers, and it can be more than one person? Yeah. Um. Well, my husband, first and foremost, he he gets me, um, which I am so appreciative of. He's very patient with me. Um, prior to this, during my fertility stuff or our fertility stuff and, and after, I think that, that, yeah, that's been great for me. Um, you know, my mom, my sister, I think really, um, it's an interesting dynamic with my sister because she, um, when I did become pregnant, 
she was also pregnant at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, like our babies are 11 days apart. Oh my and that was, yeah. And that was really hard for me actually. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'm not one that like, I don't need all the attention on me. I think the only time I've enjoyed that was like my wedding day. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, when she was, um, when she was pregnant, I had the feelings of like, like kind of upset that, that she also got to have that joy at the same time. Like it's really cool now and I'm over it now and we, her yeah. and I have talked about it, but I was like, what, this was supposed to be me. And my, my parents were supposed to be just focusing on me and, and this grandbaby. And, um, sure. but so I was glad that her and I were able to remain close previous to both finding out we we're pregnant. And, and she was definitely a really big encourager. She also, um, it's just her personally, but she also uh, went to school for social work. And so she had a lot of um, experiences. I mean, she's six years older than I am. So she had a lot of experiences, whether it was with clients and um, with friends and and whatever, where she could provide a lot of help to me in processing it without being judgmental and also without leading me to feel a certain way about something. And so I really appreciated that um, as well. Absolutely. I have a sister that's five years older than me, five years and some days, whatever, but close enough. And, you know, sometimes I do think it's nice just to be able to have that person who has a little bit more life experience, but really understands your past as well. I think it just gives them like a different, a different viewpoint of what we're going through and a different way to be able to, to talk with us. And not that, um, you know, sisters, brothers, whoever it may be in your life, friends you've had forever. I mean, certainly aren't perfect by any means. We're all human, but I think just being able to have a little bit better understanding of us as a person and experiences we've been through is super beneficial as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit earlier about this before we hopped on you and I did, as far as if somebody wants to contact you, maybe they have any questions, you know, about your journey or maybe, Maybe they're just seeking some support. Um, and it sounds mm-hmm. like you're totally okay with them contacting me and then I can connect you guys. Does that sound Yeah, for sure. For okay. sure. Awesome. Yeah, even like even a total stranger, like totally. I mean, I definitely put my my uh, myself out there on different blog posts and stuff. Right. Um, you just sometimes reaching out to people you know is hard. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm open for whatever. Yeah, I love that you said that because I think that's true. A lot of times it's much easier just to talk to somebody who – doesn't know as much about you necessarily sure. and maybe uh, has a little bit more open mind about things that you may say. So mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. Tina, I am so thankful truly that you took the time to share your journey and your perspectives. And I really think that it's going to be healing for a lot of people to know that, you know, truly they're not alone in this process and that there is someone out there that's willing to talk with them if they need some support. So I just, I really appreciate you being on today. Yeah, no, thank you for the, the opportunity. It was kind of part of, part of my healing journey as well. And and um, my intention is, you know, even if I help someone for a brief moment, it, it's definitely worth it. So, yeah, Great. thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. For all things related to this episode, please go to www.kellysisson.com backslash podcast, where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. A special thank you to our producer, Joe Burkett, and our assistant, Carrie, who both helped to make this podcast possible. See you next week for another episode.